All right, so we each prepared a would you rather or two about situations. Mine's pretty simple. We've kind of already been on the subject, so I'll just keep it going. Instead of would you rather be Memphis or New Orleans, would you rather be Memphis or San Antonio? So San Antonio is in a pretty similar situation, uh, except they kind of have more cap space going forward. And they're they have less like proven young guys, but you could probably argue they have a more of a collection of like starter level young guys who've proven more, but they don't have that number one guy. But it's also like all of their guys have also been learning under pop and they kind of know how to play winning basketball and and they had that little like a good bit of extra cap space. So that's a tough I honestly not sure which direction I'd lean. Um so I'm curious to hear what y'all think. I think Memphis. Uh, I think I think they have the best player. I think John Moran's probably better than anyone the Spurs have for prospects, and maybe even Jaron Jackson Jr. And they also have two extra picks. I think the Spurs only have all of their yeah, own. Um, so yeah, I think Memphis, and they might be better right now. Uh, it's probably. I mean, they're both probably like eight, nine seed material. That's where they are this year. Um, man, there's like all these teams in the West that aren't even at the top are good and set up well going forward it's nuts but yeah i have to go with memphis again yeah the the spurs don't have any other picks moving forward because that would require them to make some sort of trade <laughs> to acquire yep. those picks but fair uh yeah like my my uh, i think the right answer is memphis but it's hard for me to not pick San Antonio because, like, hashtag culture and like these <laughs> these young guys are like learning from 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 pop, and I just think that helps the potential of like one of these guys turning into something more than what they already are. Um, but yeah, I I think I have to go Memphis as well. The Spurs don't have anyone on on Jaws level, um, but yeah, it's pretty even and I, I think to sam's point it, it goes to show that like you know there are these teams in like the eight nine range in the west that we would probably all argue are like pretty well set up for the for the future but it's like who are they leapfrogging to get to like into the top four like it, it's hard to see a path especially as the spurs who there's not like this this one guy that they're that they're relying on and again just one top pick in this year's draft could change the fortunes of everyone involved but yeah I, I would probably have to go with with Memphis but it's it's close yeah real quick uh part of the reason where I think San Antonio might have a little bit more of an argument is because they only have 60 million on the books for this offseason and the offseason after that it's 65 um it so that's the total counting on basketball insiders. So that's counting their, uh, I think, qualifying offers for the young guys, not their cap holds. So it'd be a little less space. But, um, yeah, part of my reason, like like y'all, all y'all said about kind of current setup, Memphis probably does have a little bit of an edge. A lot, Most of it coming down to they have probably the best high-end talent and a few picks going forward. But there's just so much cap space for San Antonio. So little more flexibility to maybe swing off adding a veteran player. So that's kind of why I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. How would you like to be like a Kings or Wolves fan when like the 8th through 11th seeds in the West are all promising futures? I've always wanted to root for the Kings and they'll show signs, but yeah, it's yeah. tough, especially well, when 
some of these teams, you either have Zion for the teams who probably don't have the best organizations, like management stuff, or then you have teams like the Grizzlies who have like good players and good management. And I don't see the route for the Kings unless they get Cade. Kings, Rockets, Wolves, it's not looking good. All right, one of y'all want to go with your would you rather? Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I I can do mine. Um, so, is there any scenario in which a seven seed would tank, in, in quotes, the first game of a play-in to then win that, then get a chance to win that second game, become the eight seed, and play the one seed? And I, I obviously know that the instinctual answer is to be like, hell no. Like, you're not taking the chance that you would then play in a game in which if you lose that game, then your season is over. But so just as a kind of extreme example, um, so what if um, this year, like, Utah was still the one seed, but you had a full-strength Lakers team as the two seed and a full-strength Clippers team as the three seed? And you're Portland, and you're the, and you're the seven seed. So if you win, if you try to win that that playing game, then you're faced playing the full strength Lakers, and you don't have home court. Whereas if you, you know, play Harry Giles and CJ Ellaby 38 minutes, and you quote tank the first game, and then you win the second game, then you, then you play Utah in the first round, um, and maybe it's just because I'm not that high on Utah, but like, that's an, that's, you know, the closest example I could find of, you know, Portland is a team that like, they, they have made the playoffs year after year. They don't care about sneaking in and saying like, Oh, we, we made it to the first round of the playoffs. Like they're to a point where like, they just want the best matchup. They just want to advance. And I would argue that I'd rather play Utah in the first round than the Lakers in the full strength Lakers in the first round. And then the Clippers, in the next round. So does that question like make sense? Or are you even entertaining that idea? I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say. Sitting on my couch at home. Yeah. I'm really in- interested in that. Um, when I don't have to actually take the heat from the league office or like f- pay a $500,000 fine or forfeit a, a pick or something. I don't know what they would even do, but no, I, I definitely can see like if you're asking me as like the GM or the coach or a fan like yeah for sure i would want to do that or even a more extreme like say like the bulls derrick rose season say he tore his acl like the day before the playoffs instead of like uh in game one of the playoffs like i mean yes that's exactly what i want to do um whether a team would actually do it i mean i guess they would because teams have pulled all the tricks out to fall to like the fifth or sixth seed um plenty of jockeying last year i think even didn't like denver want to play utah or maybe utah wanted to play denver one of the one of those two um right i i I guess kind of the the pushback on on that and this is kind of going against my own point is that these playing games are supposed to be like you know they're going to be nationally televised they're going to be like the only game happening at that time so it would be you know it's 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 easier for the you know like the i guess it was the you know like rockets thunder jazz nuggets to all kind of try to jockey for for position in like the last day of the regular season in the bubble that's different than than portland like just resting dame in this in the seven eight plan but yeah you, you can continue the point you're making yeah i mean the other point is 
this is what more the reason why I think they should do more version of last year's, and they should have seven play ten and eight play nine because I think it's stupid that you would be able to you know tank out of your spot. Um, I think it should be like seven versus ten, and you start up one zero in a best of three series, just like they did last season. I like that a lot more. Um, you still have to lose twice to miss the playoffs, but if you're the eight seed this year. You're going to go to the seventh seed on the road as a decent underdog, and then you only have one chance after that. Whereas if you do 7-10 and 8-9, you're playing a worse team twice. I just think it's much more fair that way. Um, the other way you could curve it is, I know this isn't answering your question, but you could have teams pick their opponents, and so then it doesn't matter what you do. Like, Say if you're the one seed, you get to pick your first-round uh, opponent. Maybe maybe you only pick the 5-8 through eight so that home court still exists. Um, a little bit off topic, but... But yeah, I mean, I could see a team doing it. I, it would look really, really bad if it's like the hyped play-in game on ESPN at 8 o'clock and all of a sudden you're rolling out your 7 through 12, 12th man in your rotation. So I kind of think teams would not have the stones to do it, but I certainly would want to, uh, both as a fan and a GM. I can just see Portland throwing out their 2-3 uh, zone the entire game, playing Anthony Simons 48 minutes. Um <laughs> That's, that was like the one night when he dropped like 40-something. Grayson yeah. Allen dropped like 40-something. Yeah. Uh, just a complete mess. But one of the things that y'all haven't mentioned yet, too, is the fact that if somehow it goes sour and you end up losing to both of them and missing the playoffs, your uh, compensation for that is you get a lottery pick. So not the worst thing, though, but the, I don't know. I mean, trying to look, I guess I'm trying to look at it as a fan. Like, I don't think I'd want my team even risking not making the playoffs. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a weird situation, but there's it no way you're ever selling that to any GM, coach, or anything. So, Well, what I thought you were going to say is uh, if you lose both, good luck going to your owner and saying we just missed out on gate revenue for the playoff games, which would be a huge deal. But, but I didn't even think about the lottery aspect. It's like, I mean, it's such a low chance if you finish 14th, but – Still better than zero chance. And, I mean, if you're, like, Portland, probably you just want to get in. But if you're, like, Detroit of a few years ago when you're going to get absolutely whitewashed by the Bucks by, like, 100 points in a four-game sweep, I mean, then I'm even more likely to, oops, we didn't make it after all, versus, you know, a team in the West that has, like, uh, five-time All-Stars and whatnot, like Portland. Yeah, that that's actually an interesting way of thinking about it. I was only thinking about it in terms of, you know, jockeying for, for position if you're the seven and you'd rather be the eight and play the one. But the even more extreme example is if you're in the playoffs and, like, you actually don't want to be in the playoffs for some reason. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think that would ever be the case because of gate revenues. But if you had some good luck charm and you thought, like, even if you had the 14th best odds in the lottery, you uh, thought you had a realistic shot. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's also just, like... I mean, I, I, I think both of you understand this, but like it's, you know, it's such a risk to lose the first game and have like, oh, I, we'll just win the second game because like your whole plan relies on that. And then if you lose that that second game, your fan base will just absolutely hate you. Like you work so hard to get to the seventh seed and have home court advantage in both of these potential playing games. And then to kind of tank the first one would be really, really hard. But I... I think a team like Portland would actually do it because they just literally care about getting as far into the playoffs as they can, especially this far into like the Damon CJ era. And I think they, they probably would think they have a better chance against Utah than against that than against the LA team. So, but 
Yeah. But, I mean, the upside it could be massive, though. If you take more like my Derek Rose example, say Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell both like high ankle sprain out three weeks, and and you're avoiding both LA teams in the second round. So like all of a sudden you have like a hampered Utah and then like a Phoenix or Denver round two. Like man, like you really can talk yourself into going to the Western Conference Finals. And then who knows there? Like what if the Clippers win, but in game five, Kawhi gets hurt? Like your upside could be massive doing it. So it definitely should be considered, but you think they would actually do it on national television if you're like a Portland? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they could get away with it, but. Definitely interesting question, for sure. All right, Sam, hit us with yours. All right, mine's a little bit lighter, but I still want a serious answer. So all of OKC's picks just always have me thinking, like, why sit on them? Why don't you actually do something? So my question is, would you rather have, like, a top five asset in the league? Call it Luka or Zion or 10 unprotected first-round picks? Like, OKC called you and they're giving up. Because since they have the Clippers, 22, 24, and 26 unprotected, they could give up literally their own pick for five straight seasons unprotected. And then they have, like, two lightly protected picks from Houston. Um, they could give up a couple unprotected swaps. So, like, if someone offered you 10 first-round picks for, like, a Luka or Zion, like, what would you say? I feel like front offices probably have some, like, formula to, like, give you a mathematical answer to this. But... I got to go Luca or Zion. I mean, isn't that what all the picks are for? Like, you want to – I mean, I guess the argument is with that many picks, maybe you get multiple guys that level, but – Maybe you stack hard in Westbrook Durant like uh, <laughs> 10 years ago, in case you did. Yeah, it's just – I don't know. I mean, how many of the last, like, 10 picks first for, – and it's not, like, guaranteed all these are, like, top lottery picks too. So that's what, that's why I'm probably going to lean towards Luca or Zion. Yeah, I, I would lean towards the player as well, but I think the tier or like the you know, the the bucket of guys that you'd do that trade for is probably pretty small. Like I, yeah. I don't it I, I don't know how much it would extend beyond Zion and Luca and also for those teams, like I <laughs> it would be kind of stupid to be like, We got Zion who's one of probably one of the best potential outcomes. He's pretty high in the percentile of, like, what a number one pick could be, probably. Um, so to trade that for, like, 10 bites of the apple, like, I don't know. I mean, Sam Hinkie would do it, but I just don't know that, that like, most people would actually do that trade. I, but, yeah, I, I like, I, I wouldn't do that trade as Oklahoma City for, like, a John Morant type. Um, but I think I would do it for Luca and Zion, and I don't. I think those are the only. Those are the only two I would do it for, probably. Okay, because lately, like, there's been all these deals with like three firsts and three swaps, or three for four firsts and three swaps, because that's the max. But I mean, OKC can way over max that because they have 17 picks. So like, I don't know. It's just interesting experiment to me. Like, what about Lamelo? Like, 10 first round picks for Lamelo? Would you do that? Mm. No, I I would not do that as Oklahoma City. I I I think the I think the Lamelo hype is it's deserving, but it's also like I don't know. I, I I think it's too too early to put him in like that Luca Zion tier. But I but I do like your point that OKC could trade like the 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 Stepien rule in no way applies to them unless they're trading like fifteen first. <laughs> you know that. That reminds me of like just 
how long OKC's actually kind of been dominating the pick game because it goes back to to make another SBC reference. Like I remember they might have just pulled off the trade or something, but it was so this was summer 2019. I remember like asking the people on the bus, would you trade every single OKC pick for Zion? So we hadn't seen Zion play an NBA game yet. I don't remember what the pick total was then, but it was still like a massive haul at that point. So that's summer 2019. We're approaching two years of that. So OKC yeah, I mean, killed it. They legit have 17 over the next seven years. Um, I mean, obviously seven of them are your own, but to accumulate 10 extra first. I mean, on the flip side, like Brooklyn and LA have like three each in the next seven years. It's it's pretty wild. Yeah, one of the funniest things is, um, I think this was also on Windhorse's pod. He says, he says, what if Shea doesn't fit OKC's timeline? Like Shea yeah, is this like, I heard that, yeah. this like 22 year old is like, is like too old for like this this core of seventh and eighth graders. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't it's, think that's it's just crazy, hilarious actually. to think about. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, oh, we we need to move on from him, and he's still on like he's in his third year in the league as like a twenty two year old. I I get that the idea of that conversation a little bit because it's like they're so far away. If you don't think he can be that type of player, then maybe you're like, all right, well, let's get someone who we think is more of a prospect. But we think, because I remember there's idea there people were talking about them maybe trading up for the number one pick to, or I don't know if it's for number one or just to get Lamelo in general. But I, I mean, I didn't think the idea was crazy, but it's a little tougher now with Shea taking another step and like becoming like a lethal scorer. Like people didn't really see this coming. But um, yeah, I remember like before the draft, people talking about like maybe. They try and use Shea to get LaMelo because they'd rather build a team around LaMelo on his first year. versus, And you have, like, all the rookie – you have all four years of rookie control and then his rights and all that. So it's delaying the timeline a little bit. But if you think it's worth it for the better prospect too, then, I mean, I think the argument's there. But that was – I was laughing when he was saying that on that pod. I think it was, like, a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, Sam, you got any thoughts? No, I, other than, yeah, Shea, I, I almost mentioned him for, like, Memphis or Dallas. I think that he might be interesting. And, yeah, I don't, like, Oklahoma City, they're trying as hard as they possibly can to lose, and they get barely even succeeding. I think they're only, like, sixth or seventh in the lottery right now. And, yeah, 17 first. I, just be fun to see what they actually do. I always think they should actually go get somebody, like, the root of this question. But if if they don't want to have a max SGA on, like, a 14th place team, Maybe they turn him into more picks, just like the Ponzi scheme of pushing the can down the road over and over and over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 keeps the fan base excited if you have all these picks. And yeah, to your point, you could just keep kicking the can down the road, and then finally, when you're confident in it, you could start building around. But yeah, OKC is trying so hard to lose. I mean, Poku missed yesterday's game with a. I think they called it a sore arm. Like, like, and then oh, and then Dort had like Dort had like 37 Dort. points last night and then he, I think he had is, 40 40 yeah and oh yeah and then he's sitting out tonight with a sore shoulder <laughs> and it's like clearly it wasn't sore when he scored 40 points last night but yeah they're they're doing their best to i mean cade cunningham is from oklahoma right so i feel like that that would be like a guy that would actually like buy into the thunder culture and might actually want to be there for the long term they only have like ten percent of getting first, I think. So, um, they have they only have to pick swap for the Rockets, right? They get the best out of Houston, OKC, Miami. Yeah, 
But it's protected one through four. Yeah, yeah. Outside of they, one through four, yeah. They get the two best of their own, Miami yeah. and and Houston. So in in Houston, the example Houston I gave, works. so like, yeah. So Houston is guaranteed at least Miami's pick. But yeah. the best case the best case scenario for OKC would be that their own pick becomes number one, yeah. and the Houston pick conveys to them at five. At five. Yeah. But it's like obviously that's I I think I saw on on the ringer that like. Of all the teams, they have the greatest percent chance of getting a top five pick. There's like a 57% chance that they'll have at least one top five pick. But obviously, those percentages change. But Yeah, because Houston yeah, sounds right. Houston's probably 48% because I think I'm pretty sure that's the number of uh, if you if they were to it's 52, 48 if they keep it or ballpark. And then yeah. they're, they're whatever, like five, six percent chance they have of grabbing it. And like if Miami somehow doesn't make the playoffs, it's probably like actually like 1% the ads there so yeah i can definitely see that love that oh yeah okay so so this is the latest update from the ringer yet okc has a 76 percent chance to have at least one top five pick 70 oh because i think does that something to do with houston falling are they not a uh, top four anymore or bottom four <laughs> no yeah i mean they're, they're second they're second worst right now is, so there's minnesota the very first yeah, the so it's that uh, seems high. Seventy six percent. Magic at sixty five percent. I don't know why the Magic yeah that's got Pistons. I don't. That can't be right. How can Magic have better than just normal top four? Oh, you're saying top five? So, and oh, top four. Well, I guess they have all yeah, Chicago. Top five. Yeah, top five. My fault. Um, and the Chicago's see. protected top four. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, but there, but there's no way of of yeah. Chicago the fifth pick. So it's Chicago either top four. Five, I, yeah. Well, I think this is predicting that Orlando is going to have a terrible rest of the year and maybe finish with the worst record. But um, just to give a few other teams, the Warriors have a 51 percent chance of a top five pick, and the Wolves have a 40 percent chance. Are we sure that's right? Because how would Orlando be any higher than a normal top four? Because like you said, Chicago can't be five. Wait, oh, I guess so. The the fifth, there's more because if they finish in the uh, bottom four, it just goes in order if they don't get called. So maybe if they're like the worst record, and if they got jumped, they could, by everyone they could still get five or whatever. But right. seventy six yeah. seems so high for OKC. Yeah, it does. We'll have to uh, get our intern on the fine details yeah. of the mathematics, <laughs> but yeah, this is probably. Not great radio right now. Anyone got any closing thoughts? No, that was that was really fun. We got a uh, we got uh, three Southwest teams, and I guess the Thunder too. So three Southwest teams and three of the smallest markets in the league. That was the main topic. But yeah, definitely interesting thought experiment. Yeah, we touched on a lot of different stuff today. Anything, Sam? No, I think we pretty much covered it all. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll close this with, I think, me and Sam were talking the next type of pods we're probably going to get to is we're going to start bringing back the off-season deep dive, the origin of the pod. So basically, hour and a half, two hours, looking completely into the off-season of certain teams. We like to start with the bottom teams, too. And it's pretty fun to do them, kind of, when you still don't know lottery order and stuff like that, because it's a lot of more projections. And basically, you got to think a little more. So we'll get started with some of the bottom teams pretty soon. Might bring Buddy on for some of those. We might end up going three hours if we do that. But, um, yeah, those are my favorite ones. So, you got anything? 
No, I mean, the playoffs are only a month away, which means a lot of teams yeah. are about to be eliminated. That, that, that's important, too, so. playoffs. So. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that means we know the teams that won't be advancing in the postseason, so uh, they, they're probably already thinking about next year, so I don't think it's out of bounds at all. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll call it right there. Talk to you all next time.